Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Katie, your host. And today I have an amazing guest who I'm going to get to in a moment. It's a long episode, so brace yourselves. Maybe you listen to it in a couple chunks, a couple drives, a couple walks, however you listen. Let me know. You guys, a couple of you guys have been tweeting at me or Instagramming where you're listening to the podcast. And that is so much fun to see that on the hashtag and to be able to connect online. That's so great. So keep doing that. That's fantastic. If you want to support the show, a couple ways to do so. As you know, leaving a review on iTunes is great. That's a great way to do it. Subscribing on iTunes actually helps out a ton. So if you want to just hit the subscribe button on your phone, it's great for you. It's great for me. It puts it right on your phone so you never miss an episode. And of course, the best way of all to support the show is to tell a friend about the show. If you like a particular episode or you think it would help a friend or would be informative to someone or really just entertain someone, send it their way. That would be really great. So are you guys on my email list? I hope so. The link to join that will be in the show notes. And some good news about the show notes. So for a while, there was a glitch in my hosting service and Apple where you couldn't click on the album art on your listening device and then if you're listening in iTunes and then get the show notes but now you can so there's live links on your phone if you just click the album art there'll be live links to everything I'm talking about in the episode as well as the link where you can join my mailing list as well as the Facebook group there's about 500 people in there which is amazing. So if you listen to the show and you want to connect with other people who listen to the show, if you want to connect with me, the Facebook crew is the place to be. The link is in there. Join that. It's a really fun place on the internet to hang out, and it's a nice little forum. We are exactly a month away, the day I'm recording this actually, but by the time you're listening to this, we're less than a month away from my book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, being out in the world and it's available for pre-order now so get on that it's on amazon for pre-order barnes and noble wherever you shop there's a link to it on my website if you go to katiedelbutt.com slash let dash it dash out again the links in the show notes you can find out where to buy it get all the links you can see the trailer video for the book and if you haven't seen the trailer it's really a fun trailer I shot this summer in Toronto with some friends and it's it's a good time it's a good one two minutes of your life to check out and there's also a bunch of bonuses you can get when you pre-order the book so some of them include interviews that haven't been released anywhere else with my friend Jordan Bach there's a video I did with him about journaling an interview with Aaron Stutland and an interview with Nancy Levin three of my mentors three of my friends all talking about journaling. You can also get PDFs from me with the deleted tracks from the book. I'm calling them the deleted tracks. They're basically exercises, journaling prompts that I thought of after the book was already 
printed. So I'm giving to them to you in a PDF form. There's a bunch of other bonuses that you can get. So that's all on my website. And I hope you guys are liking the new website as much as I am. Everything's a bit more organized there. It's a bit more it's my mature home. I was in my starter home website with the wellnesswonderland.com and now moving over to katiedalebot.com, I think it's my more mature home. It's a little bit like I said, more organized, maybe more sophisticated. I don't know. It is what it is. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. And if you want to hang out in person, we talked about where you can hang out online, but if you want to hang out in person, I'm going to be in New York City the week that my book comes out. That's April 5th, 2016. So whenever you're listening, that's when I'm going to be there. And on April 5th, the day that the book drops, I'm doing a live podcast episode with my podcast bestie, Christy Harrison, who hosts Food Psych, who's been on my show twice. I've been on her show twice. And all the info and where to get tickets, they're only $10. We're having a panel discussion with so many cool people. I'll just give you a taste. Caroline Dooner is going to be there. She's going to play some songs for us. Kelsey Miller, author of Big Girl and editor at Refinery29, is going to be on the panel and some other really amazing people. So sign up, get your tickets, be there. It's my first ever live podcast, so I'm super psyched. And then the next night, the following night, Wednesday, April 6th, at Ginger Snap Organic, which is an amazing raw vegan restaurant where my friend Jamie, who you know from the podcast, she is the owner, she is the chef there, and the food is amazing. And Jordan Bach, who you also know from the podcast, and Gabby Bernstein, who you also know from the podcast and beyond, are hosting my launch party there at Ginger Snap at 7.30 on Wednesday, April 6th. So let me know if you guys can come to that. I would love to see you. I would love to give hugs in person. I would love to hang out. Both events are going to be super laid back, really fun. We're going to have books there that I'll sign. And I just can't wait to see you guys in person. It's really fun and all hosting a podcast. But at the end of the day, I'm talking to my mic. And I really am excited to be able to talk to real people in person. I love when I get to meet people who listen to the podcast, so I hope that a lot of podcast listeners will be at these events. And let me know what you guys think of the book. If you are one of my ambassadors and you've already gotten to read the pre-release copy, let me know what you think. The response so far has been great. People are liking it. Yay! I've been really nervous about putting putting it out there and seeing what people think, but so far so good. So I can't wait for everyone to have it. Pre-order a copy for yourself. Maybe you want to pre-order one for a friend. That'd be cool. And hopefully I'll see you in New York. So enjoy this episode and stick around till the very end because at the end of the episode, I'm going to tell you about who's coming on the show next week. Enjoy Arden Rose, amazing YouTuber. You'll hear all about her in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. I'm super psyched for today's episode. Arden Rose is here, the amazing YouTuber who's witty and comical, and just her personality is the most amazing thing ever, and she's beautiful on the outside and inside, and we only just met officially a few minutes ago, but we already decided to become friends because she's super awesome, and I'm so excited to have her on the show, so thanks for being here, Arden. That intro might have been the nicest thing that anyone's ever said about me. So thank you. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to be 
be here. I mean it. I'm so excited to have you. So oh. take us back for everyone who's listening um, who might not know you or might not be familiar with your work. How did you get into YouTube? I know that you started at a really young age. And so tell me about how you even started to like watch other people. Was that how you decided to start making a channel yourself? Take us back. Yeah, so I, it's funny. I was just writing a script because I'm going to do a Draw My Life video. So I feel like oh. I've got this down pat. Oh, good. This I, is practice. I just, yeah, I just had to bring up those memories. So I, they're so fresh. Um, so I, I started off because actually I was 14 when I started my, my YouTube channel. And the reason why I started it was because my friend Kennedy was moving about three hours away from me. And we wanted a way to like connect and hang out. And so the way that we decided to do that, because we had been watching like the Michelle Fonz of the world mm. and a lot of different beauty gurus together. And we were actually one of the only people, the groups of people in our, in our class, in our grade that were all about the YouTube life. Cause like now when you look at 14 year olds, they love YouTube. Like YouTube is their thing. It's right. like my biggest audience. But at the time it was like kind of a weird thing to be watching. So we did it alone in our rooms together. So, uh, yeah, we made channels together and she ended up not really liking it that much or she just decided it was too much work or whatever she, you know, ended up doing. And I just kept doing it cause I was like, this is a fun thing to do. And I like, I was very extroverted, but I didn't have that many friends. And my one big friend had just moved away out of town. So I was like, I have this whole summer to myself and I have no one to hang out with. I'm just going to like make friends on the internet because, you know, that's safe. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much how it came about. And it, it started more as like a beauty fashion blog at the time. And I think it's kind of transformed now. And, and I think the fun thing about my channel, not to toot my own horn. In fact, this isn't even like a toot my own horn situation. <laughs> but, you know, not to talk about myself too much. But... <laughs> But, you know, when I was 14, I really loved beauty and fashion. And now I do more like self-helpy kind of videos with a little bit more of a production value behind them. So it's kind of fun because if you watch my videos back from the beginning, you can yeah. see me as a 14-year-old talking about MAC makeup. And now you can see me talking about like bras that don't fit. So, yeah. you know, it's fun. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about having a – being like a public figure online or having a presence, that's the word I was looking for, having a yeah. presence online, it becomes your scrapbook. And then as, you know, in our 20s, this is, I've been saying this a ton on the show, but, you know, I think it's like the second adolescence that nobody really tells you about. That's just, you're changing <laughs> and growing so quickly. And, and, and I'll just speak for myself. I feel like that's been the case for me. And since I've been, you know, blogging and podcasting for so much of this, that's just kind of changed and grown along with me same with your channel and I relate to you a lot where you were focused on beauty I was focused on health and wellness from a physical st standpoint for the beginning of my work online and then like you did with beauty um, I've just broadened that and now I look at health and wellness as a whole life thing and making your life as a whole really beautiful not just your body and what you're eating and also your relationships and so it has morphed into a more self-help thing and it's the same thing with beauty you know it's not just this one thing to make you beautiful it's your life as a whole you know yeah, no, I love the way you put that. I think that's absolutely true. I think that's that's the great thing about being someone who has a presence online is that you can kind of be a lot of young girls, and I'm sure you feel this way too, you can be kind of like a voice for young girls who are a little bit lost because you were just there and there, right. there's evidence that you were just there. 
And now you can kind of help them coach through when you've been so close to the situation rather than talking to someone who's, you know, like 20 years old or 30 years older than them, which is, which is kind of nice. You get to be like the older sister of the internet. And like, that's my favorite feeling where I'm like, I'm still cool. I'm not your mom, even though they call me mom all the time. I'm sure you get that too. I definitely don't get that. I don't have the, I'm, I'm a bit older than you. So I don't have, even like what you were saying about, there's such a quick divide with technology makes like such a big divide between generations now where like when I was in high school like YouTube wasn't a thing at all like I didn't even have I mean it existed but it existed of like there weren't YouTubers really or I wasn't yeah yeah Yeah. totally and so I I was thinking about this today when I was thinking about interviewing you and this is something I I meant wrote down to ask you is you know what is it like having the the platform that you have and being this voice for like you were just saying for all of these young girls and like holding space for them and I just like I love on your tumblr so much you're so real and you're so authentic and you're so genuinely helpful to these young girls who, like you said, look up to you so much and call you mom, which is like the weird, that's like the goofiest thing to me that like, that's a thing. It's Um, so upsetting. I'm like, I'm 20. Please don't do this to me yet. I learned that on OMFG that that was even a thing. So maybe we should like loop everyone in who's listening because people who are older might not understand this, but young kids call like celebrities like Arden and like also other celebrities um, mom and dad online. Like, do you know, even know where this came from? So it, it's weird. It like popped up <laughs> randomly. When it first started happening, I thought it was like, like I thought that I was having a stroke or something. I was like, <laughs> why is everyone, did, did my account change? Did like, I what? have a child? Yeah, I'm sorry. When did this mysterious child appear? <laughs> so um, actually it's really, it happened about two years ago is when I really started oh, seeing the wow. monster. Yeah, I'm which is like crazy. I'm archaic then. I like just learned about this. No, no, it's not even archaic though because I feel like that was when like Tumblr would use it. You know what I mean? It was like a little yeah. bit more niche. It was like, oh, you're my mom. But now it's like, mom, mom, mom. Like oh, I have yeah. a million kids. I literally have a million yeah. kids. So <laughs> really weird. Um, and also my boyfriend, who's also a YouTuber and a yeah. filmmaker, he is dad. So we're like parents yeah it's the weirdest feeling and it's odd but the reason like because someone has given me that title I now feel this like necessity to nurture them right (laughs) which is probably really weird and a little bit creepy but like I have like this innate feeling like they need to be doing better because of me like I need to help them and maybe that's a good thing but yeah yeah. and I think that's really noble that you take pride in that and you're and you are you're helping them so much like I like I was saying you know I read your tumblr and I'm just like oh my god if I would have had this information when I was there in high school this would have helped me so much and just the fact that like I wish there would have been tumblr when I was in high school so I could have like found this information about the things you don't want to ask like you were saying you don't want to ask someone who's in their 20s or you don't want to ask you know your parents for sure or even like your real older siblings or people who are so close to you it's almost like there's this anonymity talking to someone you don't know and you have like so much distance with but also you relate to and look up to and it's just it's so amazing how do you how do you like I guess I, I don't even know how to articulate this, but how do you hold all of that energy and that space for like 
like you were saying, having all of these children, but at the same time, like you're super young and you're just figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think it helps that I was on the internet as, as a teenager as well. Like I, I think we were probably right. You and I were probably right on the edge together of where you could have had the internet in high school in the sense like that I had it later on in high school where I could look up things that I wouldn't normally be able to ask my parents. And I got really comfortable with myself online and I kind of, I could explore things that I would have been uncomfortable talking to my parents about. And and that was just something because I came from a very conservative family. So it was harder for me to learn things, you know, by going to school. We weren't taught things like I would have wanted to probably be taught them now and how I would want to teach my kids now, which I don't have any. Well, apparently I have millions. <laughs> but, um, no, I think I think the fact that I, I remember being in that place as a high schooler where like I was naive and I would let things go when I shouldn't have and I would kind of like let my femininity make me weaker, which was really mm. dumb of me because women are strong, empowering people and we shouldn't make ourselves timid to make other people feel better. And that was something that I learned after high school, after the fact. And so if you look on my Tumblr, a lot of my Tumblr is me being like, woman up, lady. Like, yeah. do your thing. Because so many times, whether it's like sexually or, you know, intimately, like a lot of young girls don't feel like they're like they're a secondary item to that, which I think is ridiculous. Oh so that's gosh, what a yeah. lot of so if you've read a lot of my Tumblr recently, it's a mm -hmm. lot of that. Me being like, ladies, stand up for yourself. Oh like, my god, it's so good too. Yeah, and it's so needed. And like you were saying, you know, it it's so needed. So going back, you said you grew up in Arkansas, right? Yeah, yeah. I was I was born in the South. So you're born in the South and you come from this like conservative family. What how did you find your, can I call it feminism? I mean, I, I think yeah. of you as a f feminist for sure. Um, how did you learn this and become such an empowered woman yourself and then therefore empowering all of your children, shall we call them? <laughs> rosebuds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rosebuds. My, my rosebud children, yes. Um, no, it's funny because I never really, if you actually, if you go really, really far back on my Tumblr, someone asked me if I was a feminist and I said no. Because I was very – the way that I grew up, feminist was not a good word. Like even now, if you ask a lot of my family, that's a dirty word. Mm. So it was a really weird upbringing because I always innately knew that like, wait a second. Like I'm just as good as any other gender. Like why am I suddenly not as great because yeah, yeah. I'm a woman? Like that's just ridiculous. And I knew that. And like my personality type, I ha I'm an ENTP, so I'm like a debater. I love debating things. I love like mm. trying different ideas. And I'm like very explored, exploratory, I guess you could say. So when I was online, I would read about all these things. And then eventually it became like everything my core belief was that I had learned in this very sheltered conservative upbringing. I was like, this is all just so small. Why am I thinking this way? And I think it, YouTube really helped with that because I, when I, when I was like 16, I would fly out to LA to do different shoots and um, I was working with a company called Awesomeness TV, and they're great. Um, but I met a lot of girls that had a completely different upbringing from me. So I got out of this kind of bubble and got to meet different people in, in different walks of life. And I was like, this is not – like, I like the way they're living. I like the way they're doing things. Why am I doing things a certain way? And I think the fact that I went through that kind of transformation and said, like, maybe this isn't the right way I should be thinking or feeling – it was a large reason why I moved to California so I could kind of be my own person for a little while. But now I want other people to be able to feel that as well because I think it can be so hard growing up and hearing one mentality constantly 
And I think it's really prevalent in the South and the Midwest in America as well, that it's hard for women to feel like they can come out of their own. Uh, and I want to be able to bring that to, to young girls who feel kind of sheltered otherwise. And that doesn't mean that you have to choose my lifestyle. It just means that you should be educated on all lifestyles so you can make your own educated choice. Yeah, it's so fantastic because, like you said, you know, there's these areas of the country and the world, I guess, that are really sheltered and don't have this information. And another thing that's amazing about the Internet is that it, you can bring these ideas that you were able to get because you had that great opportunity to go to L.A., meet other people from different backgrounds and question the way that you were brought up and the things that you just took as fact from growing up. And, of course, you would. And I had a very similar experience. And I think that it's so great that YouTubers like you exist and that you do care about the way that you're – perceiving yourself online because you're you just must be with everything you do you must you're really in the public eye now you have millions of followers and so many people look up to you that that must just be I don't know I just honor you a lot because that just must be a lot to hold and have to think about as you're living your life and figuring things out and I don't know I just really I honor you for that because that must be exciting and fun in so many ways but also challenging in others yeah, thank you. That's really sweet of you. Yeah. I never really thought about it like that, but thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's fun. I think I think the the most rewarding thing is meeting people in person that have a personal connection with you. Like like for instance, like someone on Tumblr that most Tumblr people remain anonymous, anonymous so you can't, you know, contact them cuz honestly, if someone on Tumblr remained like active and I could see them, I would message them directly and have a full blown conversation if they wanted to with me just because I like talking to people, but That's there's not your, a lot of Myers-Briggs. <laughs> yeah, 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 it really is. So, so it's hard for me because I feel like I have this big audience, but I don't ever get to pinpoint a single person and say like, hope you're doing okay. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to, to do that. And I used to love being like that when I had a smaller channel, I was a little bit more niche and a little bit more indie. So I could kind of, hone in on people and really check up on them and I had a lot of like close viewers that I would talk to and like it as much as it's great to have a bigger audience it makes me sad because I feel like I can't talk to as many people without there being like an ulterior motive like them wanting me to like follow them or something right. which you know is great if you have something great to say I would love to follow you but, but a lot of times so much yeah it's just a lot and I wish I could just chat with people sometimes which is what my YouTube videos ultimately are it's just yeah. me wanting to chat <laughs> and you can sense that, you know, even though that that's what I really love about you, because even though you're and I just found you recently, but even though your audience, so I've only really known you since your audience has been humongous, but you're you can just tell you're not it's when you sit down to make a video to me, it doesn't seem like you're sitting down and talking to millions of people, which you are. But you're just having a conversation with your friends, with your what you call your rosebuds, which I love. Is that what you really have to remind yourself when you sit down to make a video? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think like before as well, it was it was it was similar to that. Like I don't think I've ever lost the idea that I'm just talking to a couple people because that's what it always feels like mm -hmm. or rather it almost feels like I'm talking to myself, which is which is probably bad or like like it's like a secret diary that I get to put online. Yeah, it's like your journal. Yeah, yeah. And and that's great and I love it. I think I think what sucks about it is that then people kind of like to nitpick everything you say. And try to make you, like, I never want to feel like I'm an authoritative figure or 
someone that you should look up to as like this holy grail person because I'm always going to make mistakes. And it's really bad when you make mistakes online to a large audience of people without realizing it. Like I've had like multiple videos where I look back on it now when I was 15 years old and held like a completely different view. And there are internet forums that'll say that I'm like a terrible person and that I have like a really skewed view of the world and like all this stuff just referring to things that happened, you know, three or four years ago. So that can get a little irritating when people like to nitpick. But other than that, I think it's great. And I think that's the only downside to having a really big audience is that now a lot of people don't follow me because they like me. Some people actually follow me because they don't like me, which is a really weird feeling. I hate that feeling. And this is something that I just realized like last week. That, that people do that. Did you know that? People will follow you because they don't like you. That's the whole <laughs> point of like not – that's why it's a choice. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always say. I'm like, why would you do this? But I think they like to like check up on you for no reason. That's... It's like I guess it's the same thing for like when people don't like the Kardashians or something like that. Like they, they watch them because they're popular. I don't know. I don't get that logic. I cannot seem to understand that logic. But yeah. – Well, yeah, I mean that's... it kind of goes back to what we were saying before about – you know, when you're growing up online in this public way, you're going to grow and transition. And some of the stuff that you did five years ago, six years ago, may not be your best work. And you may not stand behind what you did as a 15-year-old, as a 20-year-old, because we're changing so quickly in our teens and in our 20s. And that's online. And it's, it's you know, I think giving someone the opportunity to grow and change is the mark of a decent human being and the people who don't like they're not they're not your real rosebuds (laughs) yep that's exactly that is that is what I've learned and that is how I feel about that yeah I mean I I have like a negative one percent of the audience that you do but I whenever people ask me you know like starting a blog or starting a podcast or making videos or whatever I always say and they they have the question about you know how do you do it when you know no one's watching yet? And oh, yeah. my mm-hmm. answer is always just pretend like they are because eventually someday they will be. And the first thing that you're going to do when you're obsessed with someone new that you find or what I do is I go back and like binge watch everything or listen to everything yep. they've ever done. And that archive will be listened to or watched by millions of people potentially. So make it good and like do your best work now. And this really speaks to that exact point, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's true. I think, yeah, I get, I got a lot of questions that are pretty similar where it's just like, how do I start YouTube? How do I start blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think like, I want to hear your answer to that. Oh yeah. I have, I have like basically the same answer as you. The only thing that I would say when in regards to like a YouTube channel rather than like, um, well, no, I guess it applies the same to a podcast. I, I think I would say also don't do it. Obviously have the intention of getting bigger and obviously have the intention of speaking to a larger audience, but don't get it in your head that you need to have a certain number to be successful because that's where people get kind of caught up and a little bit squirreled up in the whole rigmarole of whether it be podcasting or whether it be mm-hmm. YouTubing. It can be really troublesome when, you know, you have an audience of 20 subscribers and then you decide like, okay, this is not enough. I'm just going to quit. The moment you quit, you're never going to get bigger. 
Like it's it's an algorithm that will bring you up over time, but you just need to be sticking with it. And I think that's the biggest thing I say. The moment you start feeling discouraged, make another video mm. or make another podcast, make another episode. Yeah, do your art. Like keep doing your art and just mm-hmm. do it for you. There's this great David Bowie quote that um, oh, R.I.P. I know R.I.P. That I. Um, I tweeted it last week. I don't remember it even, so I don't even know. I want to get this right, but I'll look it up and I'll tell you. But basically, he's saying, like, don't do your art for you. Or don't – sorry, that's the opposite. See, this is why I should be reading it. But he was saying, don't do the art for your audience. Do it for you, and then your audience will benefit. And I think that he said it much more eloquently than I just did. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Paraphrasing here. But it was something like that, and it really hit me hard because it helped me understand the – the fact that we were just talking about, about, you know, when you're doing it for the love of it, when you're doing it for you, when you're doing it because it's enriching your life, it's going to be more genuine, more authentic, and then that will be sensed by the people who do see it or listen to it, and they'll feel that and like that. So I think that that's, that's really all we can do, and I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it can be tough because, like, even hearing that quote, I'm like, of course David Bowie said that because he is just a pioneer. Right. And you could tell – like, he did not give a single F when he was doing his thing. Like, he loved every phase that he had, I think, which is great. Yep. And he was constantly evolving. Yeah, and, and in the public eye, like, like we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, even his final works. Like, those were iconic. I know. Like, the last thing, the last album that he put out was amazing. And, like, he clearly, if he had been listening to probably outside voices, it would have been like, I'm too old to do this. I'm too sick to do this. And he's like, nope, I'm so cool. I'm going to, like, be cool to the grave, which I think is amazing. And I think he alone is a great testament to what makes a great artist. And it's just, you're right, someone who just doesn't care, who just wants to do it to be creative and have an outlet. And I think a lot of times, yeah. And I think a lot of times with, with stuff like podcasts and YouTube and, you know, blogs and anything else that goes on online, I think it's sad sometimes because it can be very easy to go from enjoying what you're doing to making it not only a job because making it a job is fine, but making it a chore and something you feel obligated to do and something that you feel pressure to do and perform a certain way. And that's something that I've struggled with a lot in the past couple months because I've been really kind of changing up my style a little bit. I've been trying new things and I feel like there's constant judgment on all sides trying to figure out whether you're doing something new or if you're just dropping off the face of the earth. Um, and so I don't know. I think it's I think it's great to learn that you just need to do it for you though. You do you, girl. Exactly. I'm going to send you that Bowie quote so you can actually see it like articulated <laughs> it better But because I, I know you'll love it and we basically just talked about it. Yeah. Oh, I'm a poster of it. I gotta find one on Etsy. I'm sure there's one. I'm, I'm sure. sure one. I'm sure. Um, so I guess we should. I want to take people back a little bit more. So you start this channel, you know, with your friend to stay in touch, and then take us back to what that was like in high school. It starts. Does it just start growing organically? Like, take us from you know starting when you had you know probably like no followers, and then how did it? How did you really grow it to what it is today? Oh yeah, so well, I yeah, everyone starts from zero subscribers, which I think is great. And that, like nowadays, there are people who have friends that are YouTubers, so you can kind of get like a, a leg up on true beginners. 
But I, I was in a really sweet spot when I was younger where YouTube was just becoming a thing. Like beauty gurus and people who were doing fashion and makeup online was just becoming a thing. And it was changing from when it was strictly tutorials, like people just wanting to know how to do a cat eye and like that's it. Um, to people wanting to hear like a personality behind beauty and fashion and like have a girlfriend that they could talk to online. And I think not to toot my own horn at all, but I think no, part two of these- away. That's what this what, is all. This is, is this is your hour to toot. So toot, toot like your sounds like I'm talking about farting, but yeah, you can was, do that too. It's very farty. Um, yeah, this is all audio, so I will try to refrain from that. Um, but no, it was it was a lot of like. I felt like I could be a like a friend to a lot of 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds about to go into high school because I had that voice at the time. Yeah. And my makeup videos were not professional. I wasn't doing really professional tutorials that were very well thought out. I was using my birthday money to buy makeup mm-hmm. so that I could show it online. It wasn't like I was some really well-done-up person online. Not that I am even now. So you but- were relatable to people. Like, that was probably a lot of your appeal. Yeah, hashtag relatable, you know? (laughs) How did you even learn how to do makeup from other beauty gurus on YouTube? Was that, or did you have like people in IRL that? um... No, yeah, it was, yeah, it was all YouTubers. Yeah, it was, it was, Michelle Fawn was a big one. She's still my favorite. I think she's great. Um, But no, yeah, I learned it all online. And then right when I started doing my YouTube channel, I was wearing more and more makeup because I had, like an undiagnosed compulsive disorder where I would pull out my eyebrows and my eyelashes. And at the time, I would just use more makeup to cover it up. So in a weird way, I was like learning because I had this thing I was struggling Mm. with that I didn't even know what it was. I just thought I was like a weird, quirky girl. And so I would do these videos to make myself kind of feel a little bit better and put on makeup so I could feel more confident when I was kind of masking this other problem that I had. But I think the chip on my shoulder because of that came across in videos in a lot of ways. Because I think people can sense when you have something that you're kind of insecure about. And it took me a couple years until I made a video about it. But I think having that beneath like a beauty kind of exterior and doing something very like I never want to – it's not like vapid or aesthetic. But it's very like you have – what you are and then you have like the makeup that you're wearing on your face right so I felt like it was kind of nice because I could shield myself with makeup and beauty but I don't know if it ever came across that way (laughs) now that I look back on my videos I'm like I can tell that I was like an insecure child at this point Mm, that's so (laughs) interesting and then eventually you decided you use that as a mask to allow yourself to do YouTube, and then eventually you decided to to take that off and share, which I think is is so noble. So can you talk a little bit about the, like, how you decided, or how you, not decided, how you got diagnosed and realized that you had that and and what that is, and then take us into how you decided and when you decided to share it and what that experience was like? Yeah, absolutely. So I've made a video about this before, but I didn't really go in full depth, so... I want to make a new one, but this can be like the precursor to that. Exclusive. What can I say? Mm. Um, So yeah, well, it started off really weirdly. So so basically, I have an ICD disorder, or it's an ICD that is called trichotillomania, 
And the way I found out what it was, was I would put on lots of coats of mascara on my eyes and then I would get like really, really excited about being able to pull out the clumps. And anyone who has like an obsessive compulsive or an impulse control disorder will tell you that's like so key, like dermatillomania, whatever it is, it's all about picking and feeling relief and picking or biting your nails or whatever it is. It's just like a release. And it happens a lot when you're when you're growing up and it's genetic, but also it happens a lot when you're growing up and you have anxiety, but you don't like sharing with people, which is one of my biggest problems is I'm not very, I'm not a feelings person. So all my stuff gets internalized. I get sick in my stomach all the time. And it's just like something that I deal with on the regular. So my biggest thing is that when I'm anxious or tired or stressed, I pick. And I didn't realize that it was like a serious thing or anything until I was in my freshman year of high school and I was a cheerleader, which was really out of character for me (laughs) because as much as I was like an extrovert and I loved being around people, I wasn't like someone who would like to perform in front of a crowd and do like pom-pom shows or anything like that. But I did it because all my friends were doing it. So I would feel anxious all the time going out with them and then eventually my friend group changed and like the cheerleading team didn't exactly like me anymore. And that like week when everything kind of melted down I had progressively picked out all of my eyelashes and my eyebrows so I like came to school looking like I had just stuck my face in a furnace Mm. and I had covered it up as best I could but my parents saw it when I came home and I was already struggling with like under eating and everything so I was already kind of like vulnerable and very teenagery and angsty um and when I came home with like a bare face my mom was like maybe we should like talk about this which is not something my parents normally did like they're very happy nice supportive people but they don't really like getting in depth with anything negative or uncomfortable and this was something uncomfortable because it was something that you could look at and be like she has something wrong with her so we talked about it a little bit and they said that maybe I should go to a therapist and see if there was something that I could do for it because I after that day I had looked it up online and I found trichotillomania and all my symptoms were the same so I was like maybe this is a thing, maybe they can give me some kind of medicine to help me and I won't be doing this anymore. Because it was like a plague, like I just couldn't stop doing it. And even now, I still can't stop doing it. I'm like constantly fighting the urge and my boyfriend knows <laughs> and he'll always just be like, stop picking, stop picking. And he's like this great little voice in my ear that keeps me from like being self-destructive. But um, it really sucked because it was something that eventually it got to such a bad point that people would see it on my YouTube channel and they would see how bad my eyebrows looked and how it looked like I was wearing like crayon on my eyebrows and they would be like, why, why do you do your eyebrows so terribly? Like, where are your eyebrows? So that started getting irritating because you can wear fake eyelashes, but eyebrows are pretty hard to cover up. Your eyebrows so, now look amazing, by the way. Thank you. I was I was scared when I was younger that if I plucked them too much, they wouldn't come back because that's a huge misnomer. And I, I can tell you that is not true because I have plucked out my eyebrows in total probably like six times fully. So no, you can grow back pretty much anything. But um, I went to therapy because I was like, oh, maybe this will be helpful. The only problem was that my therapist was a Christian therapist, which I think can be so wonderful pe- mm. for people who are, you know, followers of Christ, and that's great. I was struggling with my identity as a Christian, and I didn't really align myself with the faith at that time, and so it felt kind of like a kick in the the mouth that yeah. someone was telling me that I should kind of pray this problem away, and 
And it was just, it was hard because I was like, I don't feel like this is right. And yet I don't feel like I can go against my parents and say that the one time that you're really trying to help me with this, it's wrong. So when I went for the final time, I was like, can you just tell me, like, should I take medication? Should I, what should I do? And she was going to put me on a lot of antidepressants trying to combat the kind of like anxiety base of an ICD. And I just didn't want to become like a zombie. And I know that like tons of, of antidepressants will make you feel fine and dandy. But I just decided that instead of doing that, I would lay off caffeine, <laughs> take naps, and like just focus on making myself less anxious about things. And it really did help. I think after I realized that this isn't something that's going to go away and this is something that I'm going to live with for the rest of my life – that actually, in a weird way, is comforting because then you can just deal with it. And you're like, okay, this is my uncomfortable best friend that I have to deal with. Occasionally, we get in a spat, and then that gets really awkward when my face looks like I'm bald. But, you know, after it's over, then that kind of regresses, and the best friend goes away for a little while, and then you're fine. So, yeah, it was kind of a weird situation. And, and once again, I discovered all of this while I was online. And I think like the worst time when I was having struggles with it was when people would comment about it. And then that's why I made a video originally because I wanted to address it and just say, this is my personal problem and this is what happened. And what was great is after I made that video, I found like three or four girls online who were also struggling with the same thing and were also YouTubers. So yeah, it was great. And it was, it was so refreshing because one of them that I can cite as like such a nice person, I finally met her in person over the summer. Her name is Becky. And she has trigotillomania where she picks at her scalp, which can be really, really devastating and really hard to handle because, you know, a girl wants to have really pretty hair and that can be really hard when you're just kind of self-destructing. So we related a lot and we talked a lot online and it really, really helped. It's just nice to know someone's in it with you, you know? Yeah, always. That's that's such a great story and I relate to a ton actually. I don't I don't have trick like you, but and you actually mentioned this as well because it's it's really I think all mental illnesses and disorders are, you know, the same thing. It's anxiety and it's yep. it all comes from the same stuff and and I I see with you, you know, like you were saying with your parents and um coming to the therapist. I come from a very similar upbringing with not talking about feelings until they bubble up and you have to and for me it was my eating disorder and it was a very visible thing that you know we had to talk about it where the same thing for you it sounds like and it got you into therapy and it was the same for me I probably if I it was almost like a I didn't obviously at the time think of it like this this was subconscious but it was like a cry for help for me to you know be talk about these things and get into therapy and you know, that was very, very helpful for me and, and brought me on, on the path that I am now with, you know, doing doing this work. And then, you know, when I finally decided to share my eating disorder online, it was the exact same thing. Like, I connected with – I actually just um, wrote a an article about this that hasn't been published yet, but I was – really thinking about that time when I decided to share about it and I'm sure you felt the same way when you made that first video like I was really nervous to put it out there but as soon as I did and found people that related to it it was so cathartic for me I felt so much relief and not because I was helping other people that was I want to say that that's why I did it is like to help (laughs) other people and, and inspire other people but really and that was a really nice byproduct that happened but 
and is happening now even, but really the main thing was that I felt like I could be genuine and real and I felt like I wasn't alone. And at the end of the day, that's why I think we do any of this. I think that's why we do any of our art. I think that's why we do social media for sure, YouTube and blogging and podcasting and blah, all of it. It's like we just don't want to feel alone. So we take to the computer, you know, because we yeah. used to live in communes and in tribes and we don't anymore. So the computer is like a virtual way to do that, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I agree with you. I think I think that's that's basically what anyone online is doing. They want to have someone else to talk to or they want to have a backboard to bounce their ideas off of or their feelings. And I think that's wonderful and empowering. And I think we live in such a cool time that that's available to us. And it's not – I know earlier I said like, oh, scary that I'm meeting friends online. But that's just not true anymore. No. Like, I have so many friends on – like most oh, of my yeah. friends online. <laughs> us. Anyways, so – yeah, you and me. Exactly. So so anytime I'm on Twitter, I love it because um, there will be groups of, of kind of like fandoms, which yeah. are like just groups of girls that love to hang out and like talk about different things and like share ideas about their favorite YouTubers or their favorite celebrities. And it's so cool because sometimes, even though it can get kind of irritating, um, <laughs> Twitter has a new function where you can DM someone in a group if you if you follow them or you guys have mutual followings and so sometimes I'll get put in a group like like my boyfriend has a group on his phone that he sometimes will respond to it's a group of girls that all live in New Zealand together but they all live apart enough that they don't get to see each other every day or they don't get to see each other very often at all uh, and he'll randomly like chat in that group but it's really cool because he can go in there and see how everyone's chatting with each other and how they're talking about how they're day went that day or how their schoolwork is going or whatever they they legitimately have these like micro groups of people that have real friendships online with each other like you would have at high school which I think is so great because high school can be such an alienating time even college can be such an alienating time if you don't fit in with a group and I think the internet is a great place to feel like you fit in with a group and feel like your feelings or or your lack thereof are validated like you can be whoever you want to be on the internet and you can find someone exactly like you on the yeah. other side of the world like I think that is so amazing I love that I dude I love it so much I mean I think that no matter what phase of your life you're in college high school 20 is 30s oh, yeah. probably I can't speak for that 40s I'm sure you can feel isolated wherever you are in life I know for me actually college was the time that I felt most in community because you're all kind of living together and that's just kind of the way that it yeah and you're all kind of like around each other so I felt like all my friends were next to me this is amazing this is great I want to stay like this forever and then I graduated and I had all these great friends and then now they live all over the country and, um, you know, have different lives and different are in different phases of their lives. And I think, you know, that phase of life can be super isolating as well. And I think, yeah, I mean, my point is that regardless of what phase you are in life, I think having sharing authentically on the Internet is such an effective tool for, like you said, meeting people that are similar to you in other areas. But then also, you know, it makes 
staying in touch, it sounds so silly and almost cliche, but it makes it a little bit easier when you're sharing your life publicly on Snapchat or online because then you don't have to like do this huge catch up when you see each other and be like, well, this is what I've been doing, blah, blah, blah. They can be like, oh yeah, I saw your Snap and I saw your Insta. Cool. Like, let's just pick up where we left off, you know? Yeah, no. And I completely agree with you. And like, that's something that I feel is so great. And I think like, the Facebook era really started that. That was like the time when you could be like, hey, friend that I haven't seen you in 10 years that now lives in Israel. How are you doing? Yeah. It's good for you. And I love that. I think that's great. And I think it's great for people who feel very lonely and isolated. And like, like you said, even 30s and 40s, I think there's a place on the internet for everyone. I follow this. If you don't follow this, you need to follow this. I'm giving you an update. I know. I know. It's great. So... Reddit is normally not my favorite website because it's got a very like, I don't know. It's just got a feel to it that is very like masculine and it's not very inviting a lot of times. But I found this safe haven on Reddit that's called r slash troll x chromosomes, right? Which sounds like, yeah, this sounds like a crazy code, but it's really (laughs) not. Um, And when you go on there, it's a forum that's all... 20s 30s 40s women talking about like (laughs) problems that they're having or or like celebrating something they did that week or talking about like this amazing meal they made that night like it's all such fun things and it's all coming from a very like liberal open open open-minded perspective where you could say anything on there and someone will have like a feeling that oh, is cool. True. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm gonna make so many friends. <laughs> I know. I'll shoot you I'll shoot you like a like a, a link to it so you get it. Okay, yeah. I was like trying to figure it out right now and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, ah, where do I even go? Oh no no no, I'll shoot it to you because it's the best, but it's Yay. great. How did and you even find that? Well, it was because I, I used to go on Reddit a lot when I had um like my my last boyfriend that I was dating was very like uh like he was like a real bro bro. And so I spent a lot of my time kind of emulating what he liked and, like, what he was all about. And so I spent a lot of time on websites that were very, like, men's rights and things like that. And Reddit was one of those types of websites. And I fell in love with the format of it because it's got a lot of really great viral content. But it also can be, like, kind of 4chan which means it can be a little bit, like, deep side of the internet that you don't really want to see. So, so I went on Reddit and, like, my main goal on Reddit was just to find things that I liked and... I was looking through a post and someone was talking about um, how, like, they, they say the most disgusting things on Trollux chromosomes, but it's, like, the best as well. It'll be things like, without being too TMI, it'll be like, oh, I just accidentally left a tampon in for, like, 64 hours. Mm-hmm. Am I going to die? <laughs> like, Toxic shock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, things like that. And then everyone's debating in the comments to see if this person is going to die or what they should do to get help or whatever. It's just, like, a place where everyone can come together. Yeah, and you can just, like, put it all out there. Yep, and it's all anonymous. You're, like, hiding behind a username but not in a negative way. So it's just – it's great. And, like – and that was one of the first posts I saw. And then another one was, like, something like I've worn the same underwear for the past two weeks and I completely (laughs) – and I was, like, you know – Sometimes it gets bad. Sometimes yeah, it gets laundry. I yep, mean. it does, and that's terrible. Or you just there's one of my favorite things on there that I've upvoted a million times was this girl talking about how she was having a rant about how she didn't want to do laundry anymore, and she was like, "I'm just gonna buy cheap underwear online for the rest of my life. That's all I'm doing. Every time underwear gets dirty, 
it's getting thrown away and I'm buying new underwear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so environmental. I know it's terrible, but I was like, I was like, you know what? She rage quit that day. She quit. She quit the system. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Okay. You do your thing, girl. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. I had a pile of laundry. I feel so good right now because I just got it done, but I had a pile of laundry this weekend that was like bigger than me. And I felt the oh. same way. I was like, I'm just going to buy underwear. <laughs> oh, yep, I totally feel you. Um, no, I'm doing that kind of right now. I'm, I I bought a bunch of furniture online, and I'm actually glad that my doorbell hasn't hasn't um, rung yet during this podcast because it could very easily do that. Uh, That's okay. Just, we can yeah. take an intermission. <laughs> there you go. Um, but no, there there. I have. Um, I wish I could show you. I'll paint you a visual though. I have probably a four by four cardboard box that is overflowing with construction paper. I have like three unmade chairs and like a very, very convoluted looking bookcase that I need to all build tonight. So I am about to go full out, take out Ikea, you know, no, actually Urban Outfitters online. (laughs) Yeah, I just ordered. So I just moved to a new apartment. I just ordered a bunch of stuff from Urban Outfitters apartment too. Okay, we might have the same furniture. I'm sorry. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to take pictures and compare. Yeah. I just got a new um, – my bedspread from them did come today, actually. Oh, looky there. I they're know. Not bad, they're not too bad about that kind of stuff. I know. It's super cool. I'll send you I'll send you a picture. Super cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Already bonding. Already I know. Bonding. I know. This is amazing. So, okay. Back to my – back to my question. So – I think we covered YouTube. I'm sure people have lots of questions about that. The other thing I want to ask you about, and this is perfect of what we were talking about, about meeting people online and through the internet. So your boyfriend, Will, who I also love, who is amazing, love his videos. He's so great, but I'm really obsessed with the two of you together. It's like magic. You guys are just so cute. You seem like you have a really healthy, good relationship, and you just seem really good for each other. So I want to know, how did you guys meet? And did you meet through YouTube? Yeah, so I love, I'm not going to lie, we're doing long distance right now. He's he's going to be gone. And, well, he's coming back tomorrow, and I'm so excited to see he's him. He's in London, right? Yes, yes. So Will Will Derbyshire, he's my boyfriend. He's He lives in London. Subscribe. Subscribe. He's the <laughs> cutest thing ever, honestly. Anyone watching, like, if you just want, like, a little bit of eye candy, just go watch one of his videos because he's great. He's but, adorable. And his videos are so good and artsy and, and oh. Arden's in a lot of them. And <laughs> I am, and it's great. But, um, yeah, you guys are so cute. I need like I need more. Like I need. Oh. I hate to be one of your like millions of subscribers telling you this, but I just need like more of you two together. Like it's so cute. I just smile the whole time. Oh, don't worry. We'll we'll make a video when we get home. We'll oh, dedicate it to you. Oh, um, yes, thank God. Oh. Amazing. Um, but no. So so we met. It was kind of a, a weird situation. I had just uh, ended it with my last boyfriend. And uh, it ended on, like, weird terms. And so I was kind of broken up about it. And about two or three weeks after the fact, Will starts kind of, like, posting things to my pictures and being like, hey, how you doing? Beautiful? Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> like, very stereotypically, in my head, like, very stereotypically, like, internet man to do but not in like a derogatory way it was always like very sweet and very respectful but he would be like you look beautiful today and like very sweet 
Yeah, and he but, would. <laughs> right, he would. And now that I know him, I'm like, oh yes, of course you did. Um, but we were supposed to go on our first date, and like, I don't think our audience knows this actually. So once again, exclusive, exclusive to the Wellness Wonderland, <laughs> they're <Yeah>. gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he asked me out on a date, like, um, probably a month after uh, I had broken up with my last boyfriend, and. I had said yes, and about two hours before the date, I was in the shower, and I, like, could not handle the idea of going out with someone else because I still felt very connected to my last relationship. Mm, And so I just started crying, and, like, I texted him, and I was like, I'm so sorry, I can't come anymore. It turns out that he had been sitting at that coffee shop for the last, like, hour and a half because he was so, like – like nervous about it and wanted to feel comfortable and I didn't know about this until we started dating because he even he didn't even tell me until we like went probably on our you know 10th date and yeah so I canceled on him and he was like oh it's no biggie it's fine and um yeah it was this whole big thing where we kept missing each other so then he texted me because I gave him my number and he texted me and I thought he was another will that I knew from home oh my god so I just kept pushing him away on accident because you <laughs> and, thought he was this other guy yeah well I thought he was another guy and then I had never watched any of his content before I had never watched him I had never heard of him before and so when I just saw a random dude te- talking to me on the internet like a random English dude talking to me on the internet I was like I don't know who this is and like me being just raised at the at the peak of like internet safety stranger danger I was yeah. like I don't know if I want to go out with you and how then did he find you? Did he just like found your videos? Like how did has that come to the surface yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well he was he was we were both like well known ish in the space at the time. And I knew about him because a couple of my friends were friends with him and he knew about me because I lived in a, a house with three other girls that were all very like prevalent internet people. Oh, so cool. Yeah, so we all kinda knew of each other, just like you would with like any Community. social circle. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was, okay, it was, that makes sense. Yeah, but so I he wasn't like on the prowl googling. No, no, it wasn't like creepy man, like stalker. Gotcha. Um, and and then I I was talking to my friend Rebecca, and I was like, yeah, so this guy Will Darbyshire, he I think I called him Darbyshire at the time, which is so embarrassing now. <laughs> but I was like, Will Darbyshire keeps messaging me, and I don't know who he is, and I don't know if he's cool. And she was like, marry him. <laughs> like, like, like you two would be so perfect together like yes. you guys go on a date yeah she was like you That's have exactly to go on what a date I would have said. yeah and I had no idea because I'd never watched him and so I was like okay weird that she would say that because she knows how weird I am about people and how picky I am so I'm gonna go watch his videos and just see how it was the first video that comes up of his is a letter to my future wife <laughs> if you've never seen it before it will make you cry and so I was like who the, who is this? Who the hell is this dude? So I immediately, I'm like on his case. I'm like looking him up. I'm like asking my friends about him. I'm like, who <laughs> is this guy? And like we, we are such internet people because we started Snapchatting over Christmas. And that's how we started our relationship. Like we knew each other for probably a month from Snapchat and Twitter DMs and playing like app games together. So we kind of like learned about each other through all these different creative internet outlets again thank you internet yeah thank you internet because do you really think that your soulmate out of seven billion people in the world is like next to your house probably not yeah. Check the internet. so 
it ended up being this really lucky. Oh, that's like such a great ad for online dating. Isn't it? I don't yeah. know why someone hasn't used that. We should. This is not that. sponsored, but no. feel free, match or whatever. <laughs> Other fish in the sea. You yeah. can use our slogan. So no, we need to patent that. Um, but fortunately, I had just hit a million subscribers right around this time, which was awesome. And I decided. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. So I was like, I'm gonna go on a trip because I've always wanted to go to London and now I have a major excuse yeah. there's no way there yeah so I was like I'm gonna go on this trip and I'm gonna make him fall in love with me and so I will that was the first time you guys met you actually like went there yeah oh yeah I was so committed and like I'm very like impulsive and I love doing things randomly and I like you know changing up my schedule and very like all over the place in that way so I was like you know what yeah I'm gonna do it and and fortunately about three months earlier I had made like a, a, a pact with my friend Kat that I would go travel with her. And that was how we were going to fulfill that pact. We were going to travel together in January. So I was like, perfect. This is great. I have someone to share an Airbnb with me. If he ends up being creepy, yeah. this will all be safe. This is good. This is great. So we went on our first date and he was like ridiculously tall. <laughs> and like his hair looked great. <laughs> like, the one thing that stood out to me on my first date with him was that London is, like, confusing and hectic, right? So there's, like, traffic everywhere, and, like, I don't know the right way to walk because the streets are confusing and everything's backwards. So when we were walking across the street one time, I was, like, heading to go cross the street, and he, like, grabbed me from my back and was like, no, 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 don't go yet, like, like protectively trying to keep me from getting Aww. hit by a bunch of cars. And I immediately was like, this is a dude that I'm spending the rest of my life with. Done. Oh my gosh, I'm like tearing up right now. This is so no. amazing. No, it, he's he's such a sweetheart though. Like I can't say enough good things about him, and maybe that's because I miss him. But either way, yeah. So that's how we met. That's how we like you know did our thing. And like he just makes me fall in love with him constantly because he is just so understanding. He was like primarily raised by his mom, so he really understands like female oh, emotions. And, oh right. Oh god. <laughs> gushing anyways so that's that that's how that all happened oh that's amazing thank you for sharing all of that and I'm sure he I know that he has like a million more amazing things to say about you we'll have to have him on the podcast and you guys together and he can give you the other us the other side of that conversation that that would make me so happy he's so sweet um I love that you guys are such a good (laughs) yeah you guys are such a good um, positive example for me <laughs> and the other Rosebuds and Will's subscribers. So many yeah. people. To, I think it's so important to have these really good examples of healthy relationships of people who genuinely magically love each other like that because Aww. I don't I don't know of that many people and I think it's really good to have that in your mind um, to be able to manifest that for yourself. So I just think it's great. No, I mean, I think it's really great. So, and I love that you guys are both um, YouTubers and get to collaborate together, and and that must be really fun. Do you guys find yourself talking about the craft and YouTube a lot? Do you kind of have to, not that you work together directly, but do you have to kind of shut that off so you can just have, like, you know, love time, or does it just kind of naturally ebb and flow? Yeah, I would say... Probably it's more of an ebb and flow because 
the weird thing about what we do is that a lot of it is supposed to be artistic and very creative. And so having someone next to you that kind of can understand that, it's really great to have someone to bounce off of. Um, I think you're right. Sometimes you do have to learn to turn it off when it becomes super worky and very not fun. So I tend to be a very, I'm very hard headed about when I want to work and like when I want to feel like I'm being really productive and he's more of like a feeler and he likes to kind of, you know, get in the mood to work and he went to film school. So he did a really rigorous course for two years that like kicked his butt. And so he's very much so like, now I get my time to relax and figure out what my, you know, niche. what my, yeah, what my niche is and like how I feel about film and, you know, whatever his creative process is. He's very lax about it. Which is great, and he actually, his work is, like, so much better than mine, so it doesn't even, like, I need to be doing what he's doing. But, um, no, I think I think it helps to have something that we can connect with, and, like, it's not one of those things where we come home at the end of the night and we're like, oh, honey, my day. <laughs> it's like, oh, you wouldn't believe, and, like, we don't relate to each other. Of course we relate to each other, because we're having the exact same issues, regardless of what we're working on because not only do we work in YouTube and in like kind of the film industry we also work in the entertainment industry which can be super stressful so you know the entire thing it's nice to have someone in your in your side of the court at all times but I think it can also be incredibly stressful if you're working together on certain things like we have a um a lookbook that we shot together that's going to go up on my channel that yeah yeah, which is going to be beautiful because he did it and so it's amazing um and it was stressful because i know him so well that when we were in certain situations where we were filming together i was like this is going to make him so uncomfortable because he hates crowds he hates like being out in public for too long because he's a very introverted person and um, we were having to be in like a lot of very crowded areas and stuff. So the fact that I know him so well, it was like this is this makes an awkward work dynamic because I don't want to put him through the pain of doing all of this, and I know we won't get something good out of it because it's not a conducive environment for him working wise. So it's things like that where you're like, okay, I know my I know this person too well to work too closely with them. I guess if that makes sense. Does that mm. make sense? Uh, yeah, that makes a ton of sense, especially it actually hit me hard. Like I realized um, in the last relationship that I was in, it was the same thing. I'm an extrovert and being with someone who's very introverted and, you know, not wanting to put them in that situation, but also sometimes mm-hmm. not realizing that you did because to you and to me, like it's not a big deal because we're like cool with that and even enjoy yeah. that. And so, um, really, like, I'm just in awe of you at, like, such a young age having that awareness of, like, you know, personality types and understanding, like, oh, I'm this, I'm making this person feel this way and just being self-aware, but then that's one thing, but then being aware of the person that you're with and knowing him well enough, that's, that's really fantastic and a good sign for your relationship. Oh, thanks. Well, I think... I don't know. Do you like the Myers-Briggs system? Do you like it? Do you know your personality type? Yeah, I think I'm an ENFP. I haven't really? done it. Yeah. Oh, we're so close. Look at us. You're like the way better version of me because you feel something. So that's <laughs> good. Um, not that I don't Probably like too much. I yeah. No, no, it's a good thing. It means you're <laughs> extroverted and you can relate to other people, which is amazing. Um, but I follow that really closely because as even if it's just pseudoscience and it's mm-hmm. something that, you know, I don't I don't look at it as something that's kind of like an astrology. I look at it as something that's relatively sound in the sense yeah. that like 
even from personal experience, when I know someone's personality type, the moment I nail it down and I figure it out and then I look up their description, I'm like, of course, of course this person is like that. And I really like it because I can look at my downsides and I can look at what I'm doing wrong in relationships and I can fix that. And it's the same thing with Will. Like, I think that's what's really helped us is we actually, if you look at our first chats that we had on Twitter, he <laughs> he had tweeted about how he was in, I think he's an INFJ? I, INFJ? I think he is, maybe. Which means that he is nearly polar opposite to me. <laughs> And technically my perfect match. So, Aww. yeah, so it's cute. So so I went on there and I messaged him and I was like, INFJ or whatever he is, I see. And he was like, indeed, what are you? And I was like, I'm an ENTP. And he was like, interesting. So we had this, yeah, we had this whole dialogue where it's like, and even now, like when we have arguments or something, I know that sometimes I can be a devil's advocate and I can make someone feel like they don't have someone on their side. So I make sure to be really conscious of that. Like if we get in an argument mm. and I feel like I'm giving – like like the same thing. If he came home and was like, oh, work sucks today, my first instinct would be like, well, why does it suck? Did you do something wrong? Did the other yeah, person do something too. wrong? Yeah. Like, I'm way too inquisitive when I shouldn't be. So – and sometimes you just need someone to pat you on the back and I have – so much trouble being like that because I just want to know more. And I want to yeah. fix it and I want to talk about it and I want to like uh-huh. – Yeah. Yep. Which is funny because that's actually – a lot of times that's what guys complain about when they're in a relationship with a girl who just wants someone to verify that they're okay. Like yeah. some people just want affirmation that everything's okay and that you have a reason to be upset and, you know, that whole thing. And like I just sometimes I just don't get that, and I'm really bad about it. But knowing these things about myself, and knowing this because I've looked this up, and now I know what my personality type is, I can kind of combat that by being very self-aware when those kind of situations are going on. And he is as well. Like if if something's going on, and I'm being very antagonistic without realizing it, because I'm also a huge arguer without realizing it. Like I don't think I'm being antagonistic, and I don't think I'm being mean. And then I started a huge argument and I don't know what I did. So he'll be really quick to be like, I know you don't mean to be mean when you say that, but you are like, this is, this is how you say it. And this is how I am interpreting it. And I think that's great. Like the fact that we're able to kind of go through those motions together makes it so much easier when you have an argument. Yeah. I had almost a similar exact conversation and it's like all coming back right now (laughs) (laughs) In, in a, in a relationship. And I, didn't I my mom like works in HR and like had me do like the children's version of the personality test when I was younger and like I it's just like kind of always been in the back of my mind but I didn't really think about it as much in relationships as I wished that I would have and I will moving forward because like you're saying right now and we've again we can be an advertisement for this too basically but it's such like super important information in relationships and I don't think it's you know to say like you know like using it as a crutch I think it's just information about yourself is so important and then information about another person and I love the fact that that was the first conversation one of the first conversations that you guys ever had you went into your relationship knowing your personality types I think I'm gonna like next time I meet someone and dating (laughs) I'm gonna be like Please take this test and then see me after. Like we'll talk. You'll see me. Then results. we'll talk. Yeah. yeah. Just no. so I know. Yeah. No, I think that we should definitely make a dating app or a website that yes. uses rigs. And we would have our own slogan. We've already got it figured out. Yes. Done. We got Trademark it. Trademark that. 
I'm oh telling you. Yeah. I'm te- oh my gosh. Yeah. And you and you and Will can be the poster couple of this. We already yes. have the. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And then I'll like be the tester and I'll like use it and then find someone and then it's perfect. Done. Done. Oh my gosh. We've got this all figured out. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Let's go make some money. Let's do it. I know. Seriously. Yeah. That <laughs> would be amazing is- though. I really don't know why that's not a thing. I know. It, it really should be. And like you're saying, with um, you know, your soulmate might be across the world, so you, we need the we need the dating app to use utilize the internet better, and then to find people personality wise. Yeah, we're really onto something. Yeah, we should look this up. How is there not a personality <laughs> type? There might be. There's, this probably exists that we just don't even know about. And if it does, I'm signing up tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I would be so tempted to sign up if it was like a best friend. Like yeah hookup like if you knew someone that was an opposite personality type to you in your area that wanted to go for coffee and hang out yeah they, okay down okay I'm like really into this right now I feel like we should literally make this if it doesn't exist and it should have you could should be able to find because that's another thing you know as you get older too and feel isolated again why I love the internet and like I'm getting to meet you right now and it's really great and I've gotten to meet so many cool people through the pod but like you know making friends as someone in their 20s is way more challenging and I think having dating apps for making friends as adults would be really great so you could find someone romantically or just a friendship and you have to take your personality test to be in there okay we're really on to something we need I love this no because I think I think adult isolation is a huge issue especially now because like like you were saying so many people are moving across the country and like even though it's easier to catch up with people Sometimes it can be harder because you don't relate to that person anymore. They're not in your life anymore. They're they're right. outside of your sphere and you need to find someone similar in your sphere. So yeah, there should be like a like a friendship dating website. But I think there's such a stigma against that for some reason. Like it would make you seem like a loser, which I think is dumb. But it's, you know what Yeah, I mean? and if it doesn't make you feel like a loser dating, it shouldn't friendship wise no and I wonder why that's a thing I mean there was a stigma when let's destigmatize it yes because I remember there being a stigma about meeting someone online and I still think there kind of is but yeah yeah absolutely I mean if someone says they met their boyfriend on tinder I'm automatically kind of like huh interesting and it's not because I'm trying to be derogatory or make you know light of a relationship it's just weird to me because I never but then I met my boyfriend online so I can't say anything yeah in a different way but yeah yeah I I mean it's like what we were talking about before I think as human beings we're meant to live in community and you know having I I've said this in other podcasts but I like my happiest time was when I studied abroad and I was with like the same 10, 11 people, and it was just like, you know, it was like Friends, the TV show. You, like, always knew who you were going to hang out with. It wasn't like, oh, it's Friday. Who am I going to hang out with tonight? It was like, mm-hmm. I have this group, and that's who I have, and done. And I think, yeah, maybe it's like we have so many options of who we could hang out with, and we all just want, you know, a community, a community of our own, a community where we feel seen, where we feel heard, where we feel safe enough to express ourselves and, and be ourselves exactly as we are with, like, no makeup, and I have a zit, but you mm-hmm. love me anyways, and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree with you, and I think that's something that's, like, huge, and it's something I learned just from, you know, later on in life, just being a little bit more educated. You're right. Like, people crave 
company, even if you're an introvert, you crave a community in a place where you feel like sheltered and also empowered and heard. And I think that's really hard as well in our modern world because like even me right now in LA, I have my own apartment and all my friends are scattered throughout the city. And the way that I see them is if I make effort or they make effort, there's not an effortless community living anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to like make sure to keep your friends close and you have to make sure to be active in this kind of like crazy world we live in now where even though you can message someone immediately and get a response, it's not, it's not the closeness that you, that you crave, which is like personal companionship, which is why. Yeah. And I, I struggle with that. And that's something that I'm so bad about because even though I'm an extrovert, I had a lot of trouble making friends in high school. Like I was everyone's like, not, what would that be called? Acquaintance. yeah, I was everyone's acquaintance and I was everyone's like friend from afar. Like if you asked me to help you with something, I would totally be there for you. But I would never invite you to spend the night at my house or I would never invite you to like go to dinner with me because I just didn't – I was really bad about making close friends. And like even now I'm pretty bad about that. I have like three or four close friends and even though I'm a raging extrovert, that's like – that's the only – those are the only people I want to hang out with. Yeah. And it's like a weird thing now where like it's even harder now online because – you can meet someone online, but they might be in like, you know, Italy and they're your close friend in Italy, but you can't really feel right. that true companionship. It's weird. I don't well, know what to, to go back that with. Yeah. I mean, I think the virtual thing, it's not real. Like as, as no. real as like, I feel like we could for sure be friends, but like we're not, there's, it's different. It's, and, and you probably feel this a little bit, you know, when you're away from, from Will right now, even it's like, yes, you're still connecting and talking but you also need those people in your life that you can like snuggle and you know like can bring you soup when you're sick and you know I think we need that we crave that like physical in the flesh people around you that you can like go to dinner with and cook with and you know watch tv with and it can just be like not a planned time to see each other you know those like in between moments seeing each other I think is important yeah roommates are so great Right? And, like, I had roommates and it was fantastic, but also, like, struggles because (laughs) four girls living in a house together can get very, like, crazy. Yeah. But I think something that's, like, I've really learned just being in a long-distance relationship and I've had a long-distance relationship in the past, so this is something that I've kind of had to figure out over time, is that you lose so much over a camera or, like, over like the phone, like just even social cues that you would pick up on in person, they just get lost over a feed. Like even when like my friends are really far away, like one of my close friends, Andrea, whenever she's out of town, it's like she has disappeared as a person. Even if she's texted me, even if we've like been keeping updated until we sit down in person and have like a full fledged chat and like takeout meal together mm-hmm. until that happens we have not reconnected and it's like this yeah. really weird thing but I think I think in a way it's in in for me at least I love the way I live my life because I get to see everyone I want to see so rarely that it becomes like this exciting thing for me like I look forward to seeing every single one of my friends when I can and I think that's really really great but maybe I'm the only one that feels like that maybe that's just me liking isolation sometimes I don't yeah. know. I mean, I I think I'm like I don't know. I used to like say as a joke, I was like, oh, I'm an I'm a um I'm not an extrovert. extrovert. Yeah, or like I would always say like I'm an introvert with ADD, but like I'm not. Uh-huh. I'm an extrovert, but I I just feel like I 
I need to get my energy from being around other people, yes, but then if it's too much, then I need to like have some serious alone time and get my energy that way. And I think we all are kind of both, if that makes sense. You know, I think we have so much, yeah, I don't know, we're both. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 I I agree with you. I think think so many things, nothing's black and white, first of all, but I think everything's on a sliding scale. So like even even when I took the Myers-Briggs test, it, it touted me as like full-blown extrovert, but I shared introverted qualities. And you probably were the same way where it's like, I love being out and about, but I also could sit at home and read for six hours. Yeah. Like it's not, there's not like any kind of, because there are some extroverts that are so party, 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 love going out, love seeing people, love nope. da-da-da, don't like it. being alone. And I just don't feel that way. And I'm sure you don't feel like that either. Nope. So it's just... No, and so it's it's really it's just telling that there's no system that can perfectly nail you down. Yeah. So it's nice, it's freeing because you're like, I don't have to be one thing. I can be like really extroverted, but I can also enjoy hanging out at home. Yeah. Like, oh, it's such a nice feeling. Yeah. Mm, so good. This has been amazing. I can't believe we've already been talking for an hour. I still want to <laughs> ask you the questions I ask everyone that comes on the show. I could talk to you forever. We'll have to do this again. <laughs> Um, but one thing that, that we talk about a lot on this podcast, and I mentioned a little bit as this was my biggest struggle, but we talk a lot about body image. And so I want to know from you, you know, as a public figure and as someone who lives in LA, you know, have you ever struggled with body image and the people that look up to you, how is that something that you, you know, think about when being a mom for all of these, (laughs) all of these people, um, do you, is that something that you think about or have struggled with? And what's your experience with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think every, I, I say this so honestly, I think that every single female Me and a too. lot of men also yeah. struggle with feeling lesser uh, from their appearance alone, which I think is really sad. And I think it's even worse for women because we are judged so harshly on our appearance, not not just by men, but also by ourselves. And by our peers as women, like we are very, without even realizing it, and I think this is changing, but I think we are very innately okay with taking down another woman based on her appearance. And I I hate that. And I don't think it's true of me anymore. But I remember when I was younger, I would be cold blooded and I hated that about myself. And, and it's terrible. And I feel like it's really prevalent online. And even though there's tons of body positive messages like yours, and I'm so proud of yours, But I think it's so prevalent to see a lot of online bullying talking about weight and appearance and not looking a certain way like you should. And I think that's changing once again because we're moving towards a culture that's probably going to be an amalgamation of everyone ultimately, which is great. Um, But I definitely struggled with it. I struggled with it in high school. Like I said earlier, I definitely struggled with eating and I would restrict calories and I was really terrible about that. And that gave me self-worth and control, which I know is a lot of what an eating disorder is. It's either feeling in control or out of control, depending on what your eating disorder is. Yeah. And and mine was feeling in control. So if everything else was going crazy outside of my life, I could still eat like three apples a day and that was perfect and wonderful and that was it. And and I struggle with it even now. Like I I try to eat really healthy. And to be completely honest, the reason why I eat really healthy is because I can control it. I can, I can control my consumption. I can do whatever. And as I've grown up, I've learned healthy ways to do that, which I think is 
the most important thing is if you are going to be someone, if you're like me or like someone who has a tendency towards compulsion or a feeling of needing to be in control, it's really important to recognize that problem and then turn it around as a positive. So instead mm -hmm. of taking something and saying, I'm just going to eat three bags of lettuce today and that's going to be perfect and wonderful and great. Instead of doing that, you say, I'm going to eat three solid meals today that are perfectly balanced and I can make that perfect and I can do that so well that I will be so satisfied with myself at the end of the day that I can't feel bad. And like that helps me. And even though it's still compulsive and it's not great and it's like a learning experience, mm -hmm. that helps me. Because I know even if I'm not, I'm not starving myself, I can eat really healthy, hearty meals because I'm educated now and I know what I should and shouldn't be eating. So if I can do that daily and it helps me and I'm still fit and healthy and I'm not starving myself, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think, I think that's kind of the realm that I'm in now because I have struggled with binging and I've struggled with not eating enough. And now I've found like a good middle ground where I feel healthy and I feel energized and I don't feel bogged down or lethargic. That's amazing. And I think, you know, the next step, not next step up from that, but just something to remember with that is, you know, that's great if you on those days when it when your meals are balanced and you do feel awesome and you do feel amazing. And then, you know, life happens when, you know, you're like with will and out and you eat a little bit more than you would normally or oh, it's yeah. a holiday or whatever. And then I see you doing this and like you don't judge yourself and you're still happy and you still like yourself are not you, but as women like our self-worth isn't attached to it I think that's like no, the, that's all. the amazing piece to to get to and that's you know what what I'm working on and working towards and has been like a huge shift in my life is just not attaching our self-worth to not only just our bodies or our weight or how our clothes are fitting but then also you know for us as compulsive people you know how we're doing with food and how we're doing with what we ate that day and not allowing ourselves to judge ourselves for any of it. Yeah, no, and I completely agree with you. And I think that's why my favorite phrase in the world is a cheat day, because I think it's great. But I think, I think actually, I take that back. I think cheat day is a bad way to describe it. Yeah. Because I, th I think it should be a treat yourself day, mm, like yeah. very Parks and Recce. Like, you do your thing, lady. Like, Will and I, like, when he comes home tomorrow, I'm going to go to Ralph's. I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to buy like probably the equivalent of five pounds of sour candy because that's what we binge on. Like we love sour candy. We love Aww. sitting and watching Bob's Burgers or like some cartoon and just eating sour candy. That's what we always do together. What's your favorite <laughs> sour candy? Oh man, that is so hard. I love rip rolls. I don't even know what that is. What oh is my that? God, go get them. They're <laughs> They're watermelon flavored and they're like, they're basically like sour strips but they're rolled up. Oh, so, I think I've seen those. They're like yeah. green and yellow. Uh -huh. I mean, so, green and pink. Yeah, there are some that are green and pink. There are some, they're like all different colors, but you can normally get like a really fun version from like Dylan's Candy or like It's Sugar or one of those places. I've yeah. gone to so many of those. This is embarrassing how well I know this candy. But either way, like that kind of thing, it, it's not, I don't go out buying that and think like, ugh, tomorrow I'm going to have to make sure I'm eating really well because this is something that I need to feel guilty about. No, it's like, I have been doing so well. I've been very healthy this week. I feel great about how I am. I deserve to treat myself and I deserve to like not, not give a crap today. Like, I think it's 
one of the biggest things is just to give yourself a break. Like, why do you have to be so stressed out about this thing all the time? Just give yourself a break. It doesn't need to be this big headache constantly. And I think that's the problem. That, That was one of my biggest problems when I was like really anorexic was that I just felt guilt over yeah. everything. And I just don't think that's any way to live your life is in guilt because guilt sucks. And it's the most unhealthy thing for you. It's actually worse for you than anything that you could potentially eat. So it's, yeah, guilting us just hold us back and is yeah. more unhealthy. It's terrible. It's, it's stress as well. Just stressing yeah. over something that's so dumb is, yeah. that's so self-destructive. And when exactly. you just should be just enjoying yourself and like, just eat the pizza. Eat yes. it once. Preach. Eat pizza. That's Preach. all I'm saying. I, I actually might do that right after I get off the phone. Yeah. Little, I know I'm I need to get the furniture. So I'm going to order a Domino's pizza. Don't Amazing. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, there's this great um, – it was a blog post I read recently. I'll have to send it to you. But she was said in this, um, in this article, or I don't even remember what it was, but I'll find it. She was saying, you know, those extra five pounds that you, you know, you just can't lose or whatever, the five pounds that you want to lose are, you know, the extra slice of cake on your birthday and, you know, eating candy with your boyfriend or, you know, that holiday dinner that your mom makes that you love so much. Like, why would you want to get rid of those extra five pounds? Those are those, like, really amazing, beautiful experiences in your life. And I just, that really hit me hard. And I was like, oh, I really love that. Yeah. Well, even when I'm having, like, down days where I'm feeling a little bit insecure and I'm clearly limiting myself will will be like why are you trying to keep yourself from something that makes you happy like not not just that food needs to be something that makes you happy but food is a social experience that you share with other people it shouldn't feel like this thing that's obligatory and it shouldn't feel like this thing that is only fueling your body because anyone who tells you that food is exclusively fuel is deluded if you look at the psychology behind fuel food like it doesn't like you like you said it's like that christmas dinner like even over Christmas, it's like, of course, of course you gain Christmas pounds because you are sharing so much with your family and they are sharing stuff with you too. And in that, there's also conversation pieces, which are the ham that you ate that night or the pie that you're about to have leftovers of. Like, there's nothing wrong with allowing yourself to be part of a human experience that everyone shares. It's so inundated in our culture. And that's why it makes me really mad when I hear about people shaming people for eating certain things occasionally I'll see it on my Instagram sometimes if I post something that's pretty caloric they'll be like that'll go straight to your thighs and I'm like mm. who is telling me this why would you say that to another human being These trolls oh yeah and yep. that's something that you you have to unfortunately deal with because of the the platform that you have but I yep. think you know people deal with it on different levels all the time just from like looks of other people are oh you ordered that I should you got this out I should probably get you know or just like silliness like oh yeah that and it's just um you know we just all need to put less pressure on ourselves but it's hard as women when you know there's one type of body shape that the media has deemed as beautiful which unfortunately it body not unfortunately it's amazing that body diversity exists what's unfortunate is that the media has revered one type of body shape and if you look in the past you know what is beautiful isn't thinness it is right now because we've made this standard of beauty include thinness because that's what's rare that's what's difficult to attain that's what costs mm-hmm. money to attain when yep. that's not necessarily true and it's not necessarily what the only thing that is beautiful is there's so many 
ways to find beauty and other things and but it's hard you know it's hard like the aesthetic that you know I I look to as beautiful is not the one that my body naturally wants to be at and coming to terms with that and knowing that all bodies are are beautiful and, and really working on that is a practice and something that I'm doing actively all the time but it's a challenge yeah. no and I completely agree with you and I think that's something that's really hard with the internet age as well where you can edit things and you can make yourself seem a certain way yeah, and yeah. and I know there was a big controversy when um, an Instagram model came out saying that a lot of her her photos were faked and everything was oh, kind yeah. of this, this fakeness and although her story is not my favorite story because you know there were a lot of like kind of sketchy things that happened in the aftermath of it but I think her overall message of like these people, like you've probably seen them, they're Instagram models who make a living off of, you know, making ads off of diet pills or detoxes. Like detoxes are so big in like the dieting world right now when they're really just like expectorants. They just make you like shit your brains out. Mm. So it's, it's not good. Um, but people are selling them, like big models are selling them or like the Kardashians are selling them when in reality they have money to have you know, plastic surgery and implants yeah. and different things that can help you and they can hire a personal trainer and they can, they can work on their bodies and they can, they can do all these things that make an unattainable, an unattainable person just because they're privileged enough to do that. When a lot of people don't have that and they can't be that unattainable look because it's, it's just not realistic. It's not realistic to anyone who's a regular person out there in the world. Yeah. And, and is, isn't able to outsource their body, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or, or you know, someone who doesn't want to like edit themselves because there are tons of tons of a everyone who does a photo shoot is edited. That's just that's just true. Although I will say, um, Airy, which is the only place that I get my underwear, actually, I literally just bought like a thousand. Pairs. Oh yeah, me too. Like the American Eagle thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Airy is so great. They're and they so do, comfy. They're amazing, but you know they have a campaign. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's entirely about body positivity. So even though they have very fit, beautiful models, like they're all gorgeous, none of them are edited. So you'll find mm. people that have stretch marks on their thighs, which everyone does. Yeah. You'll find people who have, you know, a little bit of like acne on their face, which everyone struggles with at some time in their life. Things that make you feel better about yourself when they're wearing sexy lingerie and they're wearing underwear. And it's it's empowering in the sense that it's like, this is sexy. This person is sexy. And she's unedited. She is yeah. what I can be. Even yeah. even though she's probably five nine to six foot and like yeah. gorgeous, I can still be like her because someone is telling me that that's okay and that's a great thing to be. And I really appreciate that. I love that Ari did that. Yeah, me too. And it goes back to, you know, to wrap this up with a nice bow and bring it back to what we were talking about before. It's like, you know, genuine, as silly as it sounds, but like genuine sells, you know? Yeah. And I think people want people to be genuine because they want to be able to relate to themselves. And, you know, a supermodel who's retouched a million times and has a personal trainer and a chef and a beauty team and whatever is just, yes, that's beautiful, but it's not something that, I can it all have in my life tomorrow. So yep. I rather look at the girl who I can see myself in. And I think that that's empowering, that's helpful, and it helps us feel better about ourselves, which makes us show up better in the world. And it's just better all around. No, I completely agree with you. And I think that's a great note to end on. Be yourself, ladies. Exactly. That's exactly. the truth. 
I, I think that's great. No, I think I think that's especially especially prevalent in our internet age. And I know we've talked about it a lot, but I think being yourself is becoming the new cool, and I love that. Exactly. Can I ask you the quick quick fire questions, real quick? Do it. I will be so quick on them. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. You can. Some of them are longer, but you'll okay. Know. Okay. okay, you can give me like a TikTok noise if I'm going okay. to. Okay, take your time. <laughs> favorite favorite color? Red. Favorite day of, day of the week? Ooh, I think I really like Thursdays. Me too. That's what I always say because it's kind of like the Christmas Eve of the week where you're like anticipation <gasps> of the weekend. Yes, I like anticipation more than it actually being here sometimes. <laughs> I know, exactly. Look at that. Okay, this is a fun one. So you're trapped on an island and you can bring with you one um, TV show season to binge watch, one oh, book, God. one person, one beauty item, and one food. Go. Okay. Season, I would probably do the first season of Broad City because okay. it's so good. Book, I would probably bring Alice in Wonderland because I think that would be a fun one. Oh, my gosh. You know yeah. the name of my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. Well, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so, go yeah, on. I didn't even do that on purpose. Um, person would have to be Will because, like, obviously I need to be satisfied on this island. So perfect. And then um, what was my last one? Clothing item? Makeup Be- item. Beauty item, yeah. Or anything. I yeah. guess it could be clothing. Uh, you, you know what? We'll get really tan on the island. I'll bring my, I'll bring my eyebrow gel. Nice. My eyebrows will always be on fleek on this island. <laughs> Amazing. What eyebrow gel do you use? Your eyebrows are on fleek. Oh, thank you. No, Anastasia, which is like oh, yeah. everyone uses. Yeah, they do a tinted eyebrow gel that is amazing. And little known fact, regardless of what your hair color is, taupe, the color taupe, will always look good in anyone's taupe? eyebrows. Okay, I'm literally writing this down right now. I'm using the Benefit one, which is like not as good. Apparently. That one's okay, but I think Anastasia makes a really dope one. Okay, I'm going to Sephora tomorrow. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll pick it up. And the other thing was food. Food to um, right. Oh God. Um. Hmm. I really get love- sick of. Oh God. I eat so much popcorn. Probably popcorn. You and my mom. My mom loves popcorn. Oh man. I just like something crunchy and savory. Yeah, That's it is it. really good. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Favorite. Um. Or best part of your day, like when you wake up. What are the things you do when you wake up and what are the things that you do when you go to sleep and how do those affect the rest of your day and what part is your favorite? That's like a super long question. I rolled up three into one. (laughs) No, I absolutely get it though. Um, My favorite part about waking up in the morning is I like like the 30 minutes where I get to like get my tea, settle in, and then start working on whatever I'm working on. So I've been waking up really early lately because I'm jet lagged. So I woke up this morning at 6 a.m. I've been watching that on Snapchat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's been it's been really fun my latest video is about my jet lag so there you go um and then so that's my favorite I love like the prep the like ritual that I have in the morning and then at night I like that same ritual so even though I, it can be kind of annoying sometimes now that you're I'm in an, a, like a habit and I know that it's like taking care of myself I like taking the time to take off all my makeup and clean my face and put on my moisturizer and brush my teeth and do the whole nine yards Routine. to kind of yeah, I like just feeling set to go to bed. That's, like, my favorite. And then also just, like, sitting on my phone for, like, three hours before bed as well. Nice. Love it. What's yeah. your yeah. best beauty tip? Ooh, my best beauty tip is to keep it simple. So, like, for me at least every day, it's sometimes mascara. 
eyebrows and then a BB cream and then carry a powder with you. Keep it simple because like, I don't know, it's too much hassle. And honestly, do you really care that much about what everyone around you thinks of your face? Yeah. So good. Honestly, like, do you really care? Okay, I can I ask you, like, a really dumb question that you're probably going to be like, oh, my God, this girl. No, what, yeah. What is it. a BB cream exactly? Oh, no, do not worry. I had <sighs> some trouble with this. Okay, so a BB cream is a – I think this is what I've heard online, so this could be wrong. Originally, it was a Korean beauty product. Okay. So I'm not necessarily sure what that translation was. I'm not necessarily sure where that went, but <laughs> – I have heard it called a beauty balm and what it's supposed to do is be basically a moisturizer with tint in it. So instead of it being, yeah, so instead of it being like a foundation where its primary purpose is to cover things, a BB cream generally has a lot lighter of a texture. It normally has a whitening effect so it can clear up spots, it can kind of make your face have an even skin tone. Um, and then it also has SPF in it, so it's supposed to protect your skin. Um, and th- that's what originally BB creams were supposed to do. Now they've been kind of made this cool thing to have mainstream, so they've lost a lot of their original charm. But if you ever want a BB cream, get a Korean Korean, BB cream. all right. That's yes. something else that I learned from your OMFG podcast about. <laughs> and then I found – have you ever tried the bubble mask? The bubble mask? Yeah, it's another Korean beauty product that I learned from one of my other favorite YouTubers – you know Cloudy Apples? Yes! She did a um, video about it. It's literally, it's a Korean beauty product. I'll send you the video. But it literally bubbles. Like, your face looks like the Michelin Man after. What? Wait, yeah. Wait. I've done one of these before. Really? Yeah. No yeah, I had no idea what it was. Yeah, and I thought like it carbonated. Was... Yes! Oh, my gosh. Thank you for telling me what that was. Because for so long, I had this product. And I wouldn't use it because I thought there was something wrong with it. That's so funny. <laughs> you thought it, like, expired or something? Yeah, I had no <laughs> idea what it was. I'm so glad you told me. See, yeah. there's always something new to learn. That's <laughs> so funny. I wouldn't have known except that I watched her video. But, yeah, it's so funny. Oh it's, it'd be really fun at, like, a sleepover with, like, young girls because you would all, like, laugh and I don't know. It yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. But mm-hmm. I had no idea. Oh, my God. I'm so glad to know. I okay. know. So it's not I inspired. Need... You can use it. Okay. I need to pick that thing up again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can ha- do one while you're eating your pizza and yes. arranging your furniture. I'm so excited about that pizza. I can't even tell you. <laughs> I know. Okay. We got to hurry this up to get to our pizza. Um, sure. Who are some of your favorite YouTubers? Ooh. Oh, tough. Okay. So obviously, I love Will's channel. Will. Um, but if you want really empowering, amazing women, uh, Estee Lalonde. She is insane, and she is like my like my YouTube older sister. I love her, Aww. even though she's not even that old. Um, she's great. Uh, if you want to watch a really great fashion blogger, I'm Jen M or just Jen M, Jen M on uh, YouTube. She does amazing fashion, and she's also very very petite and like very small. So she's great for someone who doesn't necessarily have like a very universal body type, which is amazing. And then another person that I love, I think her name is Loie Lane. Uh, yes, I just looked her up. It is. Loie Lane is fantastic. She does plus size fashion. Oh, cool. How do you spell, how do you spell Jen? So Jen M and then what's the other girl? Right. So Jen M is just J-E-N-N-I-M. Okay. And like then. Um, and then Loie Lane. Yeah, so it's L O E Y, 
L-A-N-E. And she's on Instagram. She's on YouTube. She's Amazing. on Twitter. I'm so but, excited right now. I'm going to like binge watch. And I'll put all these in the show notes, you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely go check her out, especially. And and she's great because she she does try-on hauls. She'll do bikini hauls where she tries things on. And she has no shame about her body. Not that she should at all. Right. But she just doesn't. She doesn't care. She breaks every stereotype. She is so confident and amazing and if you've ever felt like unconfident in a plus size body go watch her because she will make you feel like you're the hottest piece of ass ever oh that is so good i i say this often on the show but really quick that the only proven way to improve body image is actually exposure therapy so literally looking at people your size or bigger and even if when you start doing it you're like oh i don't want to look like that like that was how i felt when i started doing it but and hopefully they're idealized images, so not something that you think is really like ugly, like plus size models or plus size fashion bloggers or YouTubers who you admire and admire their lives as a whole. It's really important to just look at those and expose yourself to those because it's easier to find good and and find beauty in other people than it is in yourself. And then the more you do it in other people, the easier it'll be to do in yourself. So yay! Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. She's amazing. Also, she's like unreal she's so gorgeous so yeah definitely if you want some positivity in your life go check her out and then last but certainly not least rachel whitehurst she uh is fantastic and she is great because uh she has a segment on her show called (laughs) i think it's called this is gonna sound crazy but i think it's called bi curious i'm not sure but it's talking about how uh she is breaking the stereotype of bisexuals. So she's like a bisexual woman living in Seattle with her boyfriend. And she has like a whole vlog about that. But then she also just covers a bunch of other feminine issues and like different things. Like she did a review on the Diva Cup, which is like my new favorite. Oh, yeah. You talked about her on your, um, on your Snapchat. Yes. Yeah. So she's fantastic and she's great. And she's just like a sweetheart and she has such a good perspective and her cats are adorable. So go check her out. Cool. I'm excited. Cool. All right. This is another fun one. One of our last ones. So you're having a dinner party and you can invite five people. Who do you invite? What do you make? What do you hope someone turns and asks you? And what do you really hope someone doesn't ask you that you just don't feel like talking about anymore? Uh, Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, Tom Hardy has to be there. And like, I don't know if I want him next to me or to sit across from me so we can just let the tension lie because I love him <laughs> and I don't need that in my life. Um, so he would be across from me. And then I think I would probably have maybe my great-grandmother on my left because I'd love to meet someone cool. in my past, like, family tree. Um, and then... I'm trying to think of who would be, like, really cool people. I'm terrible at this kind of thing because I just don't really think of people as being that cool all the time. That's okay. Don't think too hard about it. Just invite the first people that you think of. Okay. I'm going to say Emma Watson because I want to know what's up. And then I'm going to say Emma Stone because I love her and I think she's fantastic. And then I don't know. Maybe, like, my best friend from third grade because I'd love to see what she looks like now or what, who she is right now. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, someone fun like that. So that's that's five, isn't it's it? It's a good crew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I would probably make something like pasta because I feel like that's one of those meals. And we would have, like, a lot of red wine so we could all feel very, like, comfortable yeah. around each other because this is an awkward group, clearly. So yeah. we 
we gotta like lubricate everything. So, so that would be that, and then I would make a great pasta dish with a lot of garlic bread because who hates garlic bread? Yeah, and a side of uh, popcorn, and and a, tons of popcorn, of course, and um, gummy candies, sour indeed, candies, indeed. And then uh, I would probably ask Tom Hardy if he would like to be in an open relationship with me and my boyfriend, <laughs> um, without asking Will, obviously, because that would just make a whole awkward thing. Um, and then I would not want someone to ask me really anything about myself I'd love to just chat with everyone I don't want anyone to ask me anything I want to be asking them. <laughs> I'm too exploratory I want to know what's going on with them and then debate and then debate exactly <laughs> I'm going to ask them about all the things they don't want to be asked about I love that um, okay so recommend a movie to us either a favorite movie or a movie you liked recently anything in that category ooh okay so uh, if you haven't seen this before then you need to but Lost in Translation. Oh, so good. Oh, my I goodness. I love all Sofia Coppola. Oh, my God. She's amazing. Little did I know that she is coming from a film empire. Yeah. Like, I did not realize how deep her family was in film. But I'm so glad they are because they came up with the one of my favorite female directors, oh, if not my favorite female she's director. She's amazing. I know. Yeah. And it's great. And I love it because Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson, they don't have a romantic relationship. It's platonic, and it's like a friendship in this weird scenario. And I appreciate that so much because Scarlett Johansson gets sexualized so much. And, like, going into the movie, you're like, oh, my God, another older man who is not the most attractive person is somehow hooking up with this really gorgeous, amazing, intellectual woman. And I just love it that it ends up being just this platonic friendship. It's my favorite. I love that movie. Go watch it. The central relationship not being sexual is so rare and unfortunately, but yeah, it makes for a great movie. So good. Cool. That one's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Any, were you going to say another movie? Um, I guess the only other one that I could say is Brooklyn, if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I need to see it. I've been wanting to. Cool. It's it's gorgeous. I I don't know the main girls. I can never pronounce her name. She's Irish and she has a wonderful name. She's so cute and pretty. Yeah. Oh, she's gorgeous. And her performance, I think it landed her a BAFTA. So definitely go check it out. It's amazing. Cool. Um, Favorite song right now or favorite music? Just recommend anything in that category. Mmm. Uh... Okay, Beirut. I've talked about them before, but they're one of my favorite bands. Their newest album is so good. So good. Oh my god, do you listen to them? I do. I love them. We are already best friends. Look at us. We can listen like, to Beirut and eat popcorn and talk about Myers Briggs and it'll yes. be great. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are the coolest of cools. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, obviously, dear listener of this, we both love that. So yeah. It's they're they're familiar because in like a bunch of episodes back, I do this thing, Katie Wonders, where it's basically my like how YouTubers do favorites. I did my favorites, and I always do one in the category of music. And Beirut was like my second episode or something. Oh, oh, okay. So you know they you like them. Know. Yeah. Hopefully okay. by now everyone should be listening, but this will really cement it for people. Oh, there you go. Okay, <laughs> check check them out. They're great. Yay. Um. Okay. Favorite podcast? Did you listen to podcasts? Yeah, I listen to some podcasts. I I really like TED Talks, so that's like the best, the so most good. broad podcast ever. But yes, like it, that's great, obviously. Um, and then I was listening to Serial season two, but because I've listened to the first season, as has everyone else that I know. But 
season two isn't my favorite good yeah that's what i keep hearing no i don't know if i would recommend it it's just not as mysterious but i don't think i don't know yeah not my favorite not my favorite and then if you want to listen to a really really great youtube podcast because you know i gotta support you know the the youtube podcast obviously um rhett and links podcast i think it's called oh gosh ear biscuits which sounds ridiculous, but it's one of the most successful YouTuber podcasts because they really get in depth with YouTubers, and it's really interesting because you learn a lot about someone that you would never know. Cool. So definitely check them out. They do really interesting topics every week, and I really enjoy them. Cool. And OMFG, how we met. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Give them a little plug. Go check them out because they're amazing, and I love the fact that they are like – they're not older women by any means. They are just older than most of the demographic that we deal with. Yeah. And and they're learning and I love it. They're like the, they're like the MTV for 30-year-olds. I love it. They're the coolest. They're the coolest. It's, it's kind of my favorite. I love them. And they're we so- wouldn't be here right now without them. So plug. No. So here you go, guys. There you I go. Know. Love Next it. So um, speaking of plugs, before I ask you the final question, anything you want to plug and promote, can you tell us about your um, subscription box? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So basically, I have a subscription box out. It's, it's the equivalent of my monthly favorites. So anything that I really love that month, I get an amazing company that I work with called Real Style to recreate in the box in my own style. So like for February, it's a love box. Everything that you could possibly want for Valentine's Day is going to be in the box. And the pricing for the boxes is $15 each box. So it's not that expensive. It's not terrible, but it's a good Such little a present. Such a cute idea. Yeah, and it's a good – what I thought of it as is a present that I'm giving my subscribers every month as well as a present that you can gift to yourself. Like be selfish. Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yep, and there's always – my favorite part about the boxes is there's always something to drink in it. And by that I mean like a tea or a hot chocolate or whatever. You always get like a nice cozy mug of something out of that box. And that's my favorite. I love it. Mm, love that. That is so cool. So, as you know, the name of this podcast and my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. So, when I offer that term to you, Arden, to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you? I think that just means being content and happy with yourself, honestly. I think that means being completely satisfied with everything you're doing and feeling at one with your personality and your lifestyle and who you are. Mm, Done. So good. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It was so wonderful. How great is Arden Rose? Literally one of my favorite conversations I've had on this podcast to date. She's so cool and I love her videos as much as I loved her as a person, which was so refreshing and so great because there are a lot of people who I watch on YouTube or I follow or I read their books and I just hope and pray that in person, IRL or on Skype, they're just as cool as they seem online. And if they're not, which doesn't happen often, but if it ever does, it's such a bummer. And so I'm so glad that Arden was just as cool as I made her out to be from watching her videos. Next week on the podcast, Summer in and in Many of you know her, some of you might not. I don't really know her all that well, and I actually haven't done the interview yet, but she is coming up next week to talk about body image and being able to own your body and what she calls rock your body. So I'm really excited to learn from her. She's another podcast host, and 
Can't wait to have her in the hot seat and get to know her more. Cool. All right. I think that's enough for this week. We've been talking to each other for a while, so I will let you go, and I will see you next week. Bye. Oh, you're still here. Don't forget, pre-order the book. That'd be so cool. And mark your calendar for New York, April 5th and April 6th. Let's hang out. Come to New York with me, and if you're there, I can't wait to see you. All right. Love you. Bye.